1: wherever you tuned in this morning on 11.70am in Sydney, 693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast, right around the SEN network. Hope you're having a good start to this Monday morning. Where do we start with this one? Well, Rugby League is rarely left wanting for words, but last night the game, I reckon, was left speechless by one of the greatest grand finals we've ever seen, by one of the great teams we've seen, and by possibly the greatest individual performance a decider has ever seen. Well, 20 magical minutes anyway. So how do you summarise the game? How do you summarise Nathan Cleary, the Panthers' 3 Pete, and the oh-so-close Broncos? Well, we do know this. Rarely are grand finals won on the back of one player and one player only. There are plenty of stories of those who stepped up at the right time, delivered that defining moment to save or to seal a grand final. Well last night for twenty mesmerizing minutes, Nathan Cleary was in a different league. He saved, he schemed, he sealed the grand final. He won them the premiership. And in the end, that was the difference. So let's start by breaking it all down this morning with the best in the business. Matty Johns is with us on the roundup. Good morning to you, Matty. How on earth do we summarise that one?
0: Maddie, well, I will say in my opinion, it was the greatest grand final, and it wasn't just the drama. It was the intensity in the first half. The intensity in the first half, I likened to, I think it was last year's State of Origin game, Game Three, which was just so ferocious. I mean, we saw Le- Leota uh, running to Carrigan, sit him on his backside. It was it was just so intense. Uh, incredible game, and Nathan Cleary, Maddie. Look, the old saying, "All's well that ends well," because I'm watching the game. And I think in Nathan's head he'd have been thinking to himself, "Oh my God, what is happening here? I'm having a shocker," because you know up until the 60th minute, Matty, he was struggling. You know, he, he was struggling putting the balls in the right spots. Where usually that sort of stuff he usually nails. He missed a couple of key tackles, but it just shows you the mental toughness of the guy, the mental toughness to drag his side over the line. I said it's the greatest grand final I've seen. Well, that is, in my opinion. Probably the greatest clutch performance I've ever seen. In that last 20 minutes, Matty, he did four or five really special things. He nailed them all. If he doesn't nail one of them, they don't win. Just a a fantastic game of football. And evidence of how good Penrith were was when you talk about the greatest, I I look at the Brisbane side, Matty, there were some of the greatest performances I've seen in a losing side. Ezra Mam, like three tries in a grand final, and he gets beat. Payne, Hass. Like, you know, it's really funny. We, we spoke so much about the Battle of the Middle. I, in my opinion, Brisbane won the Battle of the Middle. Like, Hass and Carrigan won that battle. but Nathan got them home late.
1: So you think it's the best grand final you've ever seen? I'm going to throw that out there to our listeners. I thought it was... It was a great bit of rugby league irony, Matty. For a while I thought, you know what, rugby league's been lazy to just always go back to simply the best. Then I saw the Tina Turner performance, the musical performance last night, which was amazing. It was incredible. And then I was trying to figure out how on earth do we work this one out at the end of it all. And I went back to guess what? simply the best on so many performances. We're going to have a good chat about Nathan Cleary in particular, about the Mm. Broncos in particular, and the Clive Churchill as well. But just one on that. I I guess one of the other questions that I had as I went to bed last night was, can you win a Clive Churchill with 20 minutes? Because Mm. 60 minutes of his game was not up to Nathan Cleary's standard, but 20 minutes was out of this world. And the answer to me after all that is, yes, you can. Damn right you can win a Clive Churchill medal with 20 minutes of incredible football. It's the player of the match award, but the match doesn't swing without Nathan Cleary delivering that 20 minutes.
0: The man of greatest influence. Yep, that's what it was, Matty. He did deserve it. I was sitting there thinking, well, are we about to see, are we about to see a Bradley Clyde of '91, where Royce got two tries and he got it, or the Brad Mackay of, I think it was 1993, with the Broncos? You know, is Ezra or Payne Hass going to get it in the losing side? But yeah, Nathan got it on the back of that last 20 minutes. Two two points, Matty, that we will that have not been spoken about in this game, which in my opinion was, was serious turning points. Moses Lyota re-entering the game with about 20 minutes to go. And just got him on the front foot, scored a try. He was mighty. Uh, they don't win the game without that interchange. And I tell you, another bloke, right, who hasn't been spoken about at all, Jack Cogger. When he came on the field, he made an enormous difference to that side. Uh, Jerome, of course, was struggling. Went off at half to- uh, Went in at half time. Had more injections. Um, it didn't work. They had to replace him. Jerome Lui But when Cogger come on, he just straightened their attack right up. It was. A really, It was a terrific performance by Jack Cogger and Matty Stephen Crichton. Mate, the back half of his season has been out of this world. Like Nathan, he did probably two or three things at the back end of that game. Just such classy things that if he doesn't nail again, they don't win.
1: Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We'll also touch on the performance of the referee Adam G. I thought he was sensational, fantastic last night. Absolutely, your turning points as well in this one. I mean, there's the clear and obvious ones, and and Matty just picked down in one uh, in Moses Leota. But your turning points send us through some turning points of the game last night one one we'll also look at where brisbane go to next matty 2020 mm-hmm. wooden spoon 2021 their 14th last year ninth this year they are within shot of breaking apart one of the great dynasties that we've seen. So, what happens next? And also, what does two thousand and twenty-four look like? Yes, we move on quickly, folks. We're going to have a look yeah. at next year and see what they've got to do to step up here. I write three words down at the end of half time. So it was eight six Penrith leading at that stage, and they had that opportunistic try come their mm. way, and then of course Flegler barges under. Over the post. In fact, your brother said in commentary, he said, Brisbane should be nowhere near this scoreboard. They completed 11 of 19 at that stage. Mm. Penrith completed 18 of 19. i write down these three words, Maddie: Intensity, brutality and fatigue. Fatigue to me, and I'll put three exclamation marks after fatigue. I saw some Brisbane players in that first 25 minutes, 30 minutes, that were out on their feet. Have yep. you seen a grand final that's lived up to that intense nature, the brutality of it, and the fatigue factor?
0: No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I mean, it's it was. It was just so fast and so intense. And you're right, Matty. Well, I was sitting on the couch with uh, my two sons, and they said, just have a look at the Brisbane Middles. Mate, they were they were out on their feet. But, geez, I tell you what, it just shows you what a good side they are to hang in there. And, and, and again, Matty, you look at the statistics, I think, I think, Something like Penrith completed in the game about 97%. And they've done that right through the final series. They just nailed their game at the back end. But Brisbane, you know, Bri- Brisbane, you know, they, they were they were good. You know, like I, feel, I just feel from, I'm thinking to myself, they would, it's one of those things that all those players and Kev, for the rest of their lives, they would be sitting there thinking, just going over in their minds, going 20 minutes to go, like, we're home. Uh, You know, if this doesn't happen, if that doesn't happen, all these little factors. But, yeah, great grand final, Matty. You're right, the intensity and the the drama and the brutality, it it was all
1: there. 81,947,000 people there last night. It was a full house at the AFL grand final as well. Mm. I mean, we were absolutely blessed with two of the great GFs that we've seen and a reflection of the clubs that made it and also, I think, a reflection of the professionalism of both games at the moment both leagues at the moment in terms of Brisbane on the big stage and Penrith being there four years in a row how much do you play how much do you think maybe that played a part in the way that it panned out last night that was Brisbane's first time there since 2015 Um, and of course Penrith have been there and been in those situations before
0: yeah look we spoke with this last week I I you know, without being a smarty, but we spoke about who's going to win. And my feeling, I found them so hard to split. As I said before, you know, my Jack asked me last Sunday, my oldest bloke, who do you think is going to win? And we just sat in silence for 20 minutes. And, you know, I said, look, Penrith by a fraction. And I only went for Penrith by a fraction just on grand final experience. Like... Matty, when you get to when you get to that day and just how you get your preparation right, all of those things and people who who haven't been there before, it is so easy to arrive on the day and just be taking it all in and almost in your mind you just lose that little bit of focus. Um, and because you know Penrith four grand finals in a row, you just you just and and you know the statistics of Penrith and how they got it right at the back end just shows grand final experience, how vital it is.
1: I went through some stats this morning, and in particular, I had a good look at Dylan Edwards. I mean, I I think if Nathan Cleary doesn't win that game, essentially single-handedly for them at the end, Dylan Edwards is Clive Churchill medalist Um, again. 306 run metres. That's more than double anyone else out there, that included 73 post-contact metres. He did everything right. He was there at the right time. He didn't yep. put a foot wrong, didn't miss a tackle. He is a machine, an absolute motor yep. machine.
0: He, Dylan Edwards and Brian To'o are one of the keys to Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris, the way they get their sets on the front foot. You know, To'o on his, on his kick returns and his play twos or play threes, and like I said before, if you're matching up, in my opinion, over the course of the 80 minutes of the battle, like okay, who wins the battle of the middles, between the purely between the big men, I'd give it in a split decision to the Broncos. But the difference is, Matty, is you've got Dylan Edwards in the middle, just his footwork and just making those big guys. Nothing tires out a big man. Than missing a little man in the middle of the field. It's you know, it's for a boxer, it's like throwing an empty punch. You know, throwing a punch that misses that they're the ones that take the gas out of you. Same with defense. And Dylan he's such an unassuming guy. He and you know, him and Reese Walsh could not be more different in in, in their styles. Reese likes to hit him on the edge, Dylan's through the middle. You know, Dylan <laughs> put it this way, Dylan wouldn't wear those sunglasses that Reese wore last <laughs> night to a fancy dress party.
1: I don't know if Dylan (laughs) could have pulled him off anyway, you know, could he? he I mean, he he might have put him on, but I don't think he would have had the swagger that that Reece did. At least Reece can own it when he gets in there. So, where does this put the Premiership, the Penrith Premiership team? I mean, we can stack them up against 81, 82, 83, but entirely different eras, in my opinion. We know that they're a modern, great team of the modern NRL era, obviously, but... How do we put them in the history books? What they've achieved over the last three years?
0: Oh, well, a side that really won't be forgotten because Matty, look, what's vital that that Parramatta team, that era, as you know, Matty, you you lived through it as well. You know, for younger listeners, you don't really get an appreciation. They were like Hollywood, you know, all of those players. You know, the Paramount were just it was such you know glitz and glamour. They were an amazing attacking side. But it was a non-salary cap era. You know, it was an era where if you had the money and you know you could stockpile stockpile players if you wanted to and had a you know team full of a team full of stars. Now Penrith, you have a look at the players of Penrith. that have just lost bit by bit. Look at their coaching staff that's been taken away from them. But they just keep producing players, and they just. They keep winning, and, and the key to that, Matty, it, it, it's Nathan. It is the key players in the side like Nathan, uh, Jerome, of course, uh, Leota, Fisher, Harris, and that man Dylan Edwards. Is you got players that have come into that side as young guys simultaneously, all at the same time, and have entered their peak years at the same time. And on the on like on, on Nathan Cleary, yeah, you know, he's you know, As far as when you're talking about yeah you know, historically playmakers, he hasn't his peak years yet. He you know twenty five, mate. <laughs> he's twenty five, that's three comps in a row. And I will be I'll be shocked if at the end of his career he hasn't won, you know, seven, you know, maybe eight competitions. Just you know, he's that good and and and, and Maddie, the junior nursery. Out of Penrith is so good. They just you you wonder why? How did they lose their way for so long? And Gus goes back in there. He gets those pathways right. He re-engages the junior nursery, and just have a look what's going on.
1: On our sister station in Melbourne this morning, I, I did a quick interview, and Nathan Buckley asked me about the premiership juggernaut that is Penrith, and and all of that stuff. And I said, well, Bucks, you you well know about the next man up philosophy in sport and at clubs. Penrith had the next man up philosophy, but they've also got the next man up system perfectly in place, and that's going to be one of the keys going forward when we take a little look at well, 2024 Maddie, and beyond.
0: Yeah, well, Maddie, what, what's key cool there is, is the fact that throughout the season, like let's let's have a look like that. Man, I spoke about before Jack Cogger, right? Throughout the year, when they lo- lost Nathan Cleary and then in turn they lost Jerome, they didn't miss a beat, right? Because that Blake knows the system. He knows how to just fit in, knows how to do his job. He comes on with, you know, 25 minutes to go in the grand final, 28 minutes to go. The side's under massive pressure. And he probably plays his best game as a first grader because he knows the system, knows what he's got to do.
1: Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. So a couple of talking points. Well, plenty of talking points this morning. Where, where do you rate this grand final? I mean, there have been... Some of the greatest games have been played at the end of the season. We know that. But last night's was very special and very, very different. Uh, different The turning points in the game, let us know your thoughts on that. The referee's performance, I reckon a lot of people are mm. saying that Adam G last night delivered the template of what we want to see week in, week out, which is stay yep. away from the nitpicking and let the game yep. go
0: it it was a Bill harrigan type performance uh, few penalties the game flowed but hey, you know credit to the two teams is that you know they were both sides were very very disciplined and that allowed that allowed the referee to, to adjudicate like he did but you know in his first and his first match at the top level well you, you might I'd suggest that he might be there for a, for a long time.
1: Congratulations to the Knights as well in the NRLW, yep. defeating the Titans. Uh, Tamika Upton, we'll talk about that. Collingwood, wow. of course, over the Brisbane Lions in an epic AFL grand final. The Wallabies have defeated Portugal this morning. They're still there, hanging on by a fingernail. We've got English Premier League and NFL as well. So the day after the GF, folks, it's 20 past. Let's take a break. We'll take your texts and calls. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 after this. Welcome back as we uh, pick apart what happened last night, what happened across the weekend in the broader world of sport as well. Uh, those of us, says Grant, on the text line, we'll get to your text right now. Maddie. those of us, says Grant, that had $10 on Penrith at 100 bucks to one to win the premiership. Remember that um, better promotion uh, better, at the yeah. start of the year? <laughs> he said, the we year. got an email saying, we'll try and get you paid by the end of the week. Uh, I think their exposure, he said, is large. I've heard around fifty million dollars. Wow! Oh boy, oh boy, a lot of people jumped on. Uh, plenty uh, of people, like you, uh, yeah. like
0: you said, just quickly, Matty. Great day. One of the great days of sport yesterday. To wake up in the morning and watch world title fight, Canelo Alvarez Sol Alvarez fight Jamal, uh, Jamel Charlo. Of course, he was the one who Tim Zoo was supposed to fight. Uh, Charlo went up two divisions, but. Alvarez just absolutely pummeled and you know pounded him over 12 rounds. And then, of course, the NRLW, and then, of course, Tina Turner, Turner the musical, and then that last 20 minutes from uh, Nathan Cleary, it doesn't get any better.
1: <laughs> How did you rate the Tina Turner musical show? I thought it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I liked it. I, 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 thought, it was, I thought it was great. I, I mean, to see it in the theatre, oh, mate, we... Trish and I, we loved it. We've gone and seen it twice. It's really something special. I thought they did a good job. I mean, it's very hard to put a musical on in a stadium like that, but I thought they pulled it off.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I was there the day that Tina Turner did that performance at the Sydney Football Stadium. And to be brutally honest, back then, I felt like we were all just extras in one really big ad. And in fact, that's what we were. Last night yeah. was something was something a little bit different. There was the emotion, of course, after Tina Turner's passing, and there was the delivery, which was uh, rock solid. PVL says the Rooster Man needs more recognition for creating a game that got rid of the crap out of the game and brought fatigue back. Question, yep. has there ever been a player to score a hat-trick and lose a grand final? Says the rooster I, man. Can you think of one? I
0: I can't think of one, Matty. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Challenge Cup finals in England, nah, No, nothing comes to mind. No, nah, there think isn't. Of one.
1: So um, in the NRL era especially, Mam is the first player to score a hat-trick on the losing side of a GF. I mean, his efforts in the 44th, 52nd, 54th, just bang, 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 (laughs) turned the tide of the game.
0: Like I said, Matty, some of those performances in in the losing side of Brisbane were outstanding. You know, Payne, Haas, wow. They couldn't, like, just every run, he was just, you know, punching through the line. I tell you, it was good. Jesse Arthur was good. Mm -hmm. It was the best game of his career. Katoni Staggs was mighty. Mate, hitting that line at full force, so I tell you what, like we said before, it took something special for Penrith in that last 20 minutes because Brisbane were bloody good.
1: Let's go through some of these texts before we get to the news break. Dean says, "Boys, Adam G was brilliant to let mm. the game flow."
0: Yep, yep, it was it was a uh, it was a Bill Harrigan performance.
1: Yep, um, guys, Panthers and Eels teams very similar. Nine players from each team. Played in each of the four grand finals. I mean, it's extraordinary to think that you're playing in four grand finals in your in your career. A lot of the great players go through and don't get to play in one. Marty from Port Mac says, Matties, that was the best GF. Intense and brutal. Brisbane were phenomenal. Refereeing was sublime. As a Panther fan, my heart was going overtime, but so proud of their efforts. Um, Matt didn't like it. He said, worst pre-game entertainment I've seen. Rubbish. Car crash stuff, I thought. Jeez,
0: you're yeah. harsh! I tell you what, worst. I mean, worse than Billy Idol. Oh, mate! Than, I remember. I, I love Hugh life? Jackman. I remember '99 going to the grand final. Um, it was uh, that was Storm versus St George Illawarra, and uh, Hugh Jackman. They put him in the middle of the field with a uh, with a microphone and said, "Good luck," and he did. This is the moment. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> was, or the Neighbours cast doing the, uh, oh, the doing Neighbours the national cast. anthem
0: in '86. <laughs>
1: That was Guy Pearce and uh, Jason yeah. Donovan were out there, and that was one of those ones where you wish they had have um, oh. mimed. But they 40, sung, so forty
0: forty second Street, Maddie, when the forty second Street, and they brought yep. the Optus TV out, and it, yep. you know sign then of things apart. to come, it just collapsed. <laughs> um, some of the other ones that rip rip woodchip that wasn't bad. John Williamson, <laughs> John Williamson, back in the day. Yeah, Smithy, some...
1: Smithy the eel says you guys have short memories. Can you remember the '89 Grand Final or the 2015 yeah. Grand Final? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I absolute. certainly do.
0: I was I was a Tigers fan. I su- I, I remember that, and I'm, I was up in North Queensland watching the 2015. But that one last night, it was it was just uh, it had another layer of intensity. Um, it was yeah, and just yeah, as I said before, it wasn't just the last 20 minutes like I just thought the match overall the intensity right through the match was uh the best I'd seen the grand final
1: John from Harrington Park points out a hat trick of tries for the Titans in the NRLW yeah Jamie Chapman scored three tries oh, in too. that side yes in the 13th wow. 39th and 42nd and she ended up on the losing side as well so we'll touch on that a little bit later on uh Tamika Upton yeah. Wins uh, the Karen Murphy medal after winning the, winning the Dally M Player of the Year for the NRLW. But we need to get to the news after this, the game analysis. Let's break it down minute by minute, half by half. Keep your thoughts coming on the text line this morning. Getting inundated on this public holiday Monday 0457 736. 736 is the text line or you can give us a call on 1300 01 1170. Maddie, let's get your game analysis how this one started by the time we got to half time it was uh, eight points to six and then we all know what happened in the second half but your early thoughts as you saw the opening what 10 minute mm. it definitely had a state of origin feel to it
0: yeah it did Maddie. and when Mitch Kenny scored that try I mean um, Penrith had all the field position uh, a lot of the possession early when Mitch Kenny went over and scored and then soon after Penrith were on the attack again and got a repeat repeat set. I started to think then, Manny, for a second, oh no, jeez, I hope this is not going to be a blowout. And then short dropout, doesn't work, and 8-6, and then Flegler scored the try, as we said just before, totally against the run of play. In the second half, you know, when, when Mam scored the hat trick, and it was a hat trick, it was just Mam, 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 in the, um, with no other tries in between, it was sort of surreal. I was like, mate, how'd this come about? And as we we said before, in two of those tries, are oh, bad misses from Nathan. You know, misses you would not expect from Nathan. And, and then suddenly he just, he turns everything around. Like I said before, a really crucial moment was Moses Leota coming onto the field with 20 minutes to go. Uh, Nathan goes through, inside ball Leota, and Matty, you know, that was... It was interesting sitting on the couch. You go, okay, if Penrith can score here, because a lot of people, you start to think, if they can just hang on for the next seven or eight minutes, they're home, Brisbane. But when Leota scored that try, suddenly it was a switch mentally in Brisbane. Suddenly, you know, Brisbane started to play nervous and they were trying to protect that lead. And, uh, and Penrith, well, they had no other choice. They had to get straight on the front foot. They had to start taking risks and they all came off.
1: The 40-20 by Nathan Cleary, they were down at that stage 24 points to 14. It was after the Moses-Leota try. It was on the third tackle. It was a massive play. Three minutes later, Stephen Crichton goes in. And then, of course, in the 75th minute, Nathan goes in. To have the not only the maturity, but the game sense and the understanding to know when to take that kind of risk and deliver it, how do you put that, into words, mm. is that just Nathan Cleary's game smarts? Is is that something that you coach into a player? Mm. Where does that stuff come from, uh,
0: Maddie? Part of it is his football education and his football intelligence, and part of it is just part of his natural makeup. Maddie, look, he, him and his father—they're peas in a pod. From the first time I saw Nathan play, and you see how cool he was. I went, mean, "God, you can tell he's Ivan's boy." We played Ivan, right? We played a game in 1997 against the Roosters. I've told this story to people before, so excuse me if you've heard it. You probably have. Anyway, um, we're leading the Roosters 10-4. It's a mud heap at Newcastle. Right on full-time, uh, as Andrew Walker does, old Anki does a little chip over the top, double chip, gets the ball back, and they score right in the corner, right? Full-time siren goes... Full house at Newcastle, and Ivan Cleary's got to take the kick from the sideline. But it's an ankle-deep mud. There's no way he's going to get it, and we're just verbaling him heavily. And he just puts the ball down, and go, goes back and just moves forward and knocks it straight over the black dot and turns to us and just gives us a massive spray. He was a cold-blooded killer, and the sun is, the sun is as well. So part of it is it's just in his DNA, Matty. You know, to, to, it's one thing to know what to do. Right, but to then, you know, make it happen and hold up under pressure, and Maddie, like it just shows you, you know, there's every single part of Nathan's Cleary's preparation that is right. He would went through every scenario, including the night before the game, having a secret session with Daryl Halligan at a core stadium. You know, to do that, you know, to, to that level of detail, it's uh, that's what makes him a champ.
1: Body language throughout the game. I know that you like to, you know, take a good look at what players are doing, what they're thinking and and how that comes across. Now, in the opening twenty minutes of that game, like I said before, there was some there were some Broncos players who were behind play and they were cooked. They were fried. It was a hot night, but they were peered done and dusted. They got their second wind. Off the back of those three tries, their body language changed remarkably. And all of a sudden, Penrith looked cooked. They looked done. Yeah. They had players going off left, right and centre. And not just any players. Luai, Yo, they are all going off. So the yeah. body language was extraordinary, the way that it turned around. I mean, how on earth did you get a read on that? Did you look at any team or any player in particular and thought, oh, they're done here. They're, they're dusted. There's no way that they can bounce back out I, of that.
0: I, I, when Isaiah Yeo went off, I didn't think he came back onto the field. Matty, but there was so much that, that so much that took place in that game is that, you know, I'm going to have to go back and I think all of us will have to go back and have a second and third look to really take it all in. And we'll watch that and go, oh, yeah, there was that moment I forgot about. There was just so much that happened in that second half that you just, you know, you, you couldn't take it all in or you, you can't really pro- set, process it as yet. But I, do, I've, I through a match, i just write down notes, and I've written one here, it said, mate, Penrith throughout the game, and it was interesting, it wasn't a typical Penrith performance of what we've seen at the back end of the season, and what I mean by that is Penrith, at the back end of the year, looked perfectly synchronised in everything they do, and we saw that in their two finals performances against the Warriors, just perfectly synchronised, everyone in shape, and just Nathan swinging from ruck to ruck and everyone complimenting what he did. It was the same against the Melbourne Storm, but last night they couldn't get into that rhythm. They couldn't find, exactly find their shape and it just took special moments to win the game.
1: Let's play a quick game of coulda, woulda, shoulda then for Brisbane because after the dust settles, they'll sit down and do a review like they would do with any game and they'll go through the video review here and they'll try and work out what what went wrong at the back end. Now you don't know that Nathan Cleary's gonna have one of those standout performances, but you'd be mm. guessing that he's gonna play a part in the back end of the game. What should have or could have <laughs> Brisbane have done there to close that one out? When they go back and have a look at the review, Maddie, mm. what do, what do they do differently? Take Nathan take Nathan's extreme performance out of it. Mm.
0: Maddie that that is that's, that's that is really hard at this point, because what what you're doing a little bit when when you watch a game at the back end, I'm watching Nathan, I'm watching Penrith coming back. I suppose I suppose for Brisbane, you know, it, uh, there's certain things they could have done. Like let's say, for instance, the forty twenty. If they have their time again, you know, the wingers drop back a little bit more and protects the forty twenty a little bit more. But at the end of the day, if he if he does that, they might run it and they go down and score anyway. I would say. When they look at this game, Maddie, they will go, we just probably lost it between the years. Like when Leota scored that try to bring Penrith back into it, there was, a, like I said before, there was a shift between the years with, with Brisbane. You know, do Brisbane keep winning? Do Brisbane go on and, and continue, uh, or do they win the game if they just continue to play like they've been playing? Playing aggressive football, you know, backing their attack... Well, they probably do, but this is what separated the two two teams is that, you know, Penrith under pressure, under pressure, they they, they just went about their work and they, and they got it done. And I just thought Brisbane, when Leota scored that try, Brisbane changed mentally. Suddenly they, they were on the back foot. Suddenly they were trying to protect the lead and they just couldn't do it. You know, Matty, I'm just sort of going over, it's funny, just looking at some of the notes here and Like you said, a note I've put in, it's got 13 minutes in, um, uh, Brisbane middles cooked. Um, (laughs) Another one, little moments you forget during the game. You know, Katoni Staggs, one of the best first touches I've seen in the grand final. You remember that when they kick the ball in the end goal and he gets it and beats about three blokes and gets out. Brisbane nearly go down the other end and score. You know, that could have been one of the really big moments in the game, but... You know, like I said before, I'm looking at my notes here and I'm going, yeah, yeah. there was that moment and this moment. <laughs> you know, and a note I've got here, you know, I wrote down, I said, greatness about Nathan Cleary. 75% of this game, he has been poor. In fact, you know, missed two vital tackles for two tries, but the last 23 minutes, four or five huge plays to get him home. I, I, don't, I can't remember, Matty, a such a turnaround in a performance during a grand fight. Okay, there's two. I'll talk about two, but not to that extent. 1999, Tuara Nickow comes out in the second half and just pours it on and, and really instigates that Melbourne win. And the other one, Sonny Bill Williams, uh, Roosters versus Manly. Sonny Bill, first half, probably the, the worst game that he played in a Roosters jersey, second half, best player in the field. Uh, takes... A very very special individual to turn it around to that extent.
1: Absolutely. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, this one says you haven't mentioned Flegler's performance. What about yeah. the last two times Brisbane were down inside Penrith's twenty metres? Came up with the incomplete plays, uh, the very last time Reynolds passed to Piakura on the last tackle. Um, yeah, Tom Flegler. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like we said, there were just, there were moments there when the game's on the line, really crucial moments. That, yeah, there was a, a lot of the Brisbane players. They flicked a switch in, in their brain. They they went they they went from being proactive and playing aggressively to all of a sudden playing defensively.
1: Let us know your thoughts. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line this morning. We'll do an Ed's update too. We're also going to touch on where Brisbane go to next. They are clearly the team. Um, that can pressure this mighty Penrith team. But, of course, both teams will look a little bit different next season. And also, what does the rest of the comp have to do to catch up and be part of that picture last night? Is there a team out there you think that could have injected itself into that standard of rugby league last night and either pressured Penrith or Brisbane? Because it's at some stages, at a lot of stages throughout last night, both of those teams um, were there to win it. We'll take a break. Back after this on the Roundup. Welcome back. Uh, I just posed a question before that break, there, Maddie, about other sides that could have got a look in from last night, and and therefore raises the question: Who can challenge Brisbane and Penrith next year?
0: Oh well, I mean, if you if you're talking about if someone would have, if you said could could you take another side and put them into last night's game and really yeah make a go of it or, or beat one of those two uh, or beat the Panthers, let's say? Oh, geez. I think there's a fair gap, Matty. I'd say no. Twenty twenty four odds. You know Penrith three seventy five off the bat. Pretty decent odds to start with, you'd say. <laughs> um, you know Nathan, twelve months older with some of those other guys. Um, Broncos four fifty. Then it, a fair gap, and it goes out to Souths at nine dollars. Souths. Yes, on potential, but they've got some issues to resolve. Roosters, same, they're $10. Yeah, they need to revamp. The Melbourne Storm at $12. Oh, mate, the Melbourne Storm, well, they need to revamp their roster. They need a couple of explosive forwards and a bit of speed out wide. Then you go out to the Knights and the Wars, and then you've got the Cowboys. So, boy, i tell you what, a lot, those sides have got a lot of ground to make up.
1: It's almost like we're waiting for somebody to jump out of the box, but the NRL, mm. you just can't jump out at the moment, can you? You can, you can build, and that's the only way that you can do it, I think, is build. You can have a standout, good season, but to be there mm. time and time again and to pressure these kind of guys and these kind of teams, you have to build. So you've got to sort of look back and see who's been building the best and then look ahead mm. and say who's going to well, strike gold.
0: Right, and and think about Penrith, Matty. More than just um, talent, ability, uh, football, education, all those things. It's desire. Like the, one of the most important things in sport that makes sporting champions is the fire in the belly that doesn't get extinguished. And you know, to win three in a row, you know, I, I think more than anything, the hardest thing is to main, maintain that desire. And for Penrith, it hasn't been a problem. And you know, that will that that that's. I mean, that's the other element apart from injury which bring the, brings these sides back. It's, you know, can they ma- maintain the fire? Well, it hasn't gone out for Penrith
1: yet. Scott, the Garbo raises three really good points here and the last one is something we haven't touched on so we can have a good look at this probably in our next hour but a quick comment on it. He says three turning points, 24-8, Brisbane in, good ball, get a bit carried away and turn it over. 24-14, mm. Panthers 20-metre line, Reynolds plays short, um, to forward on last instead of kick. But then this one, southerly hits when Leota runs on. The weather changed. And, yeah. the, and as much as you don't think that that could be a defining factor, it was weird. It went from being a still muggy night to a yeah. windy, um, you know, windy at your backs kind of night. Just what one of you, those su- weird quirks.
0: What are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that God is a Panthers fan? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, is that what you say? <laughs> yeah. Hey, mate. The other, the other thing, Matty, we haven't spoke about with, with Nathan was that, you know, when Renault did the, uh, you know, the drill, drill the the dropout, yeah. and you know, to to put the foot down just in time, you know, just little things like that, little subtle yeah. well, when, when when whenever there the was replay, a big moment, he was there, like Cleary, he was there at that moment. It's that's it. Bloody remarkable.
1: They went to the replay, and I went, if this is anyone else. You might start to doubt it, but it's Nathan Cleary. Of course he's going to have his foot down. Of course he's well, going to deliver in that they do.
0: They, they do so much good, Penrith. Uh, they're so good in so many areas, one of which is the challenges. Like That was Brisbane's challenge. But, but Penrith, you remember early in the year with Newcastle, they did this, they did a challenge. It was a really strange challenge a lot of people wouldn't do, but they, they, they got it right, got them two points, and they win the game.
1: We need to take another break at 6.5 minutes to 10 for our Sydney listeners, 6.5 to 9. For those tuned in on 6.93 and 16.20am on the Goldie, back after this. Here we go, our second hour of the program. Maddie Johns is with us for the next 30 minutes here on the Roundup. A very busy, obviously, Monday morning, the day after the grand final where Penrith did it again. They are back-to-back-to-back champions off the back of an incredible performance from Nathan Cleary. We're going to take your calls in just a sec. 1-300-01-1170. Johnsy, the numbers are in. So the grand final five-city metro viewership figures on Channel 9, 2.045 million, 854,000 in Sydney, 623 in Brizzy. 350,000 in Melbourne. So there'll be more numbers to add to that, obviously with the streaming and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. But um, I yep. think that's a little bit lower just on first reflection than last year.
0: Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. But it's just, mate, it's so tricky these days with all the, all the different streaming and whatnot. Really hard to get a gauge.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and good numbers too for the AFL Grand Final on Saturday. And some good numbers actually in Sydney for the Sydney listening audience as well. So, look, across the board, we were spoiled. I think that would be a bigger number than what's um, first coming in. But that'll be dissected. Right, let's go to your calls. Joe from Beverly Hills, thanks for giving us a buzz this morning, Joe. Your takeout from last night.
2: Well, there's a couple of very important things. Uh, Reese Walsh uh, probably overplayed his hand a bit in a couple of instances. If I was picking a side tomorrow and playing for my life, the best fullback is the Penrith full-back. At this stage, in a tight game, in a dog fight, mm. I'd want him as my fullback. If I'm playing a, a side that's mediocre, and you, I'd put Grease Walsh in. But under pressure, he got found out in a lot of areas last night. Yeah,
0: he he found it. He found it very hard to get into the game. Uh, the the nature of the game I'll have to go back and have a look exactly why but yeah he couldn't get into the game he, which meant he couldn't find a rhythm so when he did get some opportunity you're right he he sort of overplayed his hand and tried to force it it's uh it's funny with Reese you know and and what you look Dylan Edwards mate here Dylan Edwards everything he does is just so sound there's not a lot of flash about him but he just gets it done uh, Maddie it it's uh, on on going to be a tricky off season coming up, and, and you know we've a lot of us at Fox Sports have spoken about this because we've seen it so many times before. You know, with young Roos, the level of fame, the adulation, his natural personality. You know, you know it's it is it is, it is going to be tricky. I mean the I mean the example was through the week, you know, where some kid gives his mate the you know the, the camera. Stands in the foreground and says that Moses Lode is going to take your head off, and he turns around and has a go at the kid. You know, this is just a little bit of a snapshot of what aspects is going to happen in Reese's life. You know, where people will do something, and you know, they're after a reaction. You know, there's going to be there's going to be aspects of Reese's life now that's a little tricky.
1: I think, um, Joe, I reckon you, you're right. You know, if you, you, look, if you match them up fullback to fullback last night, it was, a, it was a knockout performance by Dylan Edwards, and he won that head-to-head battle. I mean, head-to-head as in one versus one. So I reckon you're right on that. I, I guess then the question is, you don't want to take the flash out of Reece Walsh, no. but perhaps you want to add the soundness that you're saying about Dylan Edwards into Reece <laughs> well, Walsh's future.
0: Well, Matty, um, he was very, very good in State of Origin. Reese Walsh. Let's not take that away from him. He was very good. For whatever for whatever reason last night, as we said, he just couldn't find his niche in the game. You know, a lot of that may be put down to Penrith and how they defended him. But, uh, you know, it was only one performance. Yes, it was a big game, but he's proven himself at origin level, which still is the biggest test.
1: And there were some huge moments in the back end of that game when Reese Walsh was injecting himself in there. It was when they were trying to... Trying to pull it all back um, after getting in front, there were a couple of instances, uh, maybe a couple of little key things. The hamstring was a was a was a worry for Reece Walsh going in. They were continuing to work on that, and then remember, mate, he got a he got a whack in the ankle early on. He, he, yeah, he slipped did. in defence, and uh, they just caught it on the replay. I think it was a foot, a Penrith player's yeah. foot went in and just whacked him on the ankle. I, I thought he might have twisted it, but it was just a knock from boot to. To ankle, and I wonder just how much that sort of slowed him down. But there were definitely parts of that game where Reece Walsh was caught um, in the wrong position, and he was caught behind the either too far up, or he was just caught wandering around in the back. And Penrith are way too good to to even even be five meters off your mark. Good on you, Joe. I appreciate that, mate. One 1170 Darren's in Melbourne this morning. G'day, Darren. Go for it.
2: G'day, boys. How are you going?
1: Great, thanks. Yeah, you're going good, Darren. Boys,
2: I need you guys to explain the short kickoff from Adam Reynolds, which I don't understand why why he needed to do it when he's got such a big boot, and I don't know why they just didn't kick it 50, 60 metres straight down and back themselves to defend. Because then if the ball turns over, they're going to get the ball back in the same position as what they would have gotten if they would have pulled off the short kick. In, in such a big game, I just don't understand the short kickoff. I don't understand yeah. it when it didn't really need to happen.
0: Yeah, it's high risk in it. There, there's, yeah, there's aspects of it I I get because uh, you know, and it, it's really changed the dynamic in the fact that when you know you just go after repeat sets all the time, but now you get a repeat set, you know, you're probably sixty forty as far as getting the ball back with a short dropout. But look, I, I tell you what I did, like the one that led to. Um, was it Mitch Kenny's try? I'll have to go back and have the, the Mitch yep. Kenny try or the when one it was batted where? Back. Yeah, it was either that one or the one they gave away the two points. I tell you what, I understood it there because Penrith look, uh, because uh, Brisbane looked cooked, and I actually thought in that instance I, I, I get it, and I think it was I think it was that the one that led to going out in the full and and yep. ha- and making it an eight point split. I got it there. It's a little bit like, you know, if you go back to, if I go back to the fight yesterday, Canelo against Charlo, Canelo caught him a few times, and Charlo made a strategic decision to take a knee and went down and took the count, it was because he, he, he knew he was in trouble, it's it's a little bit like that, I think yesterday, or last night with Brisbane, I think Renault r- rolled the dice, and was willing in some ways, wasn't discouraged too much by giving away the two points because he knew his defensive players were in such trouble.
1: The other part, Darren, to remember too is at the back end of the, of the game, when those long bombs that you're thinking about, because I was thinking the same thing, do you reckon, Matty, you can answer this better than me, or Darren, but do you reckon that that, yeah. that huge Southerly that came in would have influenced. Maybe he was trying the lower approach. I mean, could he could he bomb it straight yeah. into the teeth of a Southerly? You know,
0: Matty, it, it it's funny. Yeah? You look back at those things, and again, you know what you get a better feel of it when you go watch it the second time, right? And you're not riding the roller coaster as a spectator as much. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wonder if Renault has his time again. He doesn't go for the real big play. Uh, on those line dropouts when the game at the back end of the game, you know, where Nathan he puts it a little bit too long and Nathan gets the foot out, things like that. Or again, Matty, you know, did he did Adam out there because he's got a hell of a lot of experience? Did he have the feeling in himself that his defence, uh, that his defensive side cyber in all sorts, and they needed possession there? I don't know.
1: Darren, before I let you go, just a quick one. Uh, where did it rate for you in terms of grand finals?
2: Oh, uh, well, you go straight back to the 2015 with Thurston and the Cowboys, but I think this, this is the greatest. Even the 89 was great, but I, I think this was the yeah. greatest of all time for the comeback that the Panthers did. Clearly, he's gone yeah. back-to-back. He's won three premierships. He's 25 years of age. He's Going to go down as a better halfback as Joey
0: Johns, guarantee it. Mm. Well, mate, he's, as we said before, yeah, you know, he hasn't even hit his peak years yet, he's won three comps in a row, been in four grand finals. Uh, I'll just make this point for Brisbane too, while, while it you know comes to mind. You know, let's go back, let's go back and have a look at Brisbane. The way they performed in you know this young this young football side in their first grand final against mm. you know up against the Melbourne Storm and you know when we talk about you know Reece Walsh wasn't at his very best but let's go back to that grand final, you know uh, Nathan was a long way off his best. Nathan threw an intercept that Vin- Vinavalu picked off. You know when it takes, or in my opinion, it takes grand final experience to play your best on the day.
1: Good on you, Darren. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you for the call. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is that open line number. So the wooden spoon in twenty twenty for the Broncos, and then Kevy arrives fourteenth in his first year. Ninth last year, they should have been in the finals last year, and then they get it all together. So if you're in charge of the Brisbane unit at the moment, mate, and you are sitting yep. him down, and and you've you're trying to get over the bad taste that was left after last night. What are the positives that you're looking at that team and that squad? And what are you saying to them about 2024?
0: Oh, I mean, they've taken huge strides forward. And, you know, the the jump next year um, to win the competition is lesser than what they've done this year to get them into that position. Um, Farmworth's a a big loss. You know, Herbie... Every time I see him play, he gets better and more elusive. Flegler's a big loss. You know that aggression through the middle of the field. It's it was his best season. But the other one, Matty, going forward. If we look away from next year, right? Uh, or we look uh, uh, beyond next year. You know they, they've they've really got to start planning now because Adam Reynolds, how old, Matty? Uh, he's in next year. You know, he's got a couple of years left. But for Brisbane to stay at the very very top, to be the side that. You know they want to be to emulate those sides of the '90s, the great Broncos sides. They got to, they got to have a plan post Reno, because, uh, because mate, uh, you know there's not a lot of halfbacks around, Matty. Not a lot of halfbacks around, and you know they got to be starting. They even now look over Reno's shoulder and say, okay, what's going to be the succession plan? He's
1: 33. 33. So he'll turn, okay, he'll turn 34 midway through next season but yeah yeah so so where does you know where do they where do they look to and and just on that you mentioned you mentioned Herbie Farmworth I mean there are a Mm. number of players but obviously the highlighted names are Farmworth and Flegler and and Crichton and Lenu Um, Jack Cogger's going to go as well so the Panthers will lose him to the Knights uh who else Keenan Palacea from the Broncos who's the biggest loss who's the hardest to fill
0: Oh, too, too, too. I mean, Farnworth and Flegler are, are different, are different styles as well. Look, I think I think Farnworth, Farnworth, I think is for younger players at the Broncos just a great example. Like from my understanding, he's the second to none as far as work ethic of players we've seen. He just works his backside off, and and he just continues to improve, mate. So I think he's a big loss. Flegler's a loss, but I reckon there's some young guys in the system that can go and, you know, get, you know, get close to filling that spot. Mate, Lenu's a big loss. You know, just the punch he gives him off the bench. But, mate, once again, Matty, that junior nursery at, the, at Penrith, you back him to replace Spencer.
1: One of the great things about this morning is that in discussing, or the only time that we've discussed the referee, has been how good the performance was from Adam G. We haven't even mentioned the word bunker this morning, which is fantastic after a grand final. Mick from Newcastle, however, does pose the question about the independent doctor. He says to let all those players knocked out or those that were wobbling on their feet or lay down and moving to be back onto the field was very disappointing. Your thoughts on that? I mean, From what I saw, there were some heavy knocks, but I don't remember anyone being fully wobbled up. And they did go off for various categories and obviously passed the tests. Look, Matty, I, I don't want
0: to second-guess the medical professionals. Uh, I was, like, when Isaiah went off, I thought it was the last we have seen Isaiah. Uh, he did have the wobbles. Um, I just wonder whether he would have went back on if it was a just a normal round. But once again, I'm not questioning um, the independent doctor, he was there, he examined him, and if he said he's right to go on, then okay, he's right.
1: Uh, Tony says, is Cleary a future immortal and a GOAT contended? Does he still need to dominate Origin when he dominates grand finals? Uh,
0: it's, a good, it's, it's a good one. It's, that's the last frontier, isn't it, for, for Nathan, yeah. is just dominating Origin. I think, um, look, you back him to... You back him to next year, or the yet, like, look, you know, Willie, he? he will. Is he going to be an immortal? Well, I tell you what, it's going to, it's going to be. I tell you what, Matty, as far as immortals are concerned, the amount of great players the game just keeps producing, like, you know, Cameron Smith, is he going to be an immortal? Well, yeah, he should be. Yeah. Billy Slater absolutely yep. it should be it goes on and on and on jt some jt you know there's the luckiest situation mm-hmm. um and then you don't we're not even talking about guys like um you know like uh, like a bradley clyde or a brett kenny and a glenn lazarus I tell you what there's there's the game of course we keep producing such amazing players you you know players are just unfairly forgotten for you know i I'd sort of say a little bit, but yeah, to cut it short, I like. I think, like he, in my opinion, he will be the greatest.
1: I think last night cemented his greatness in grand final history because that was a great yeah. performance. There's no doubt well, about it. That well, that twenty well, minutes yeah. was something else. Well,
0: Maddie, if you want to, if give if if you, someone says to me, "You give me a player, right?" That you want when when the. Imp- Pressures on, and he's playing for your life. Who do you want of all the players to ever played? I go Nathan Cleary. I've just seen him do it so many times.
1: Immortality, in my opinion, is a a debate to have further down the road. He'll be there. There's no doubt about it. He he will be there if not already entering that conversation. But for a 25-year-old at the moment, that's a that's a debate that we get to have, thankfully. And Mm. And I, I think quite rightfully we do that a little bit further down. By the way, those numbers last night, so they are up, in fact. So 2.045 for the five cities um, and the metropolitan regions is up from 1.67 from last year. So the numbers will just grow. They'll add regional to that plus streaming, mm. etc. So already up by, what, 400... It's 20 minutes after the hour. We'll take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, 0457 736, 736 on the text line. 25 minutes past on this Monday morning. Uh, Matty Johns has got to go a little bit early this morning. So, Matty, I, I want to finish uh, in two ways. First of all, your thoughts on the Newcastle Knights winning the NRLW Premiership yesterday. So they go back-to-back back five tries to three in the performance from Tamika Upton, the Karen Murphy medalist.
0: Yeah, fantastic performance. What a, what a pick-up she's been for Newcastle. Uh, they got her, of course, from from the Brisbane Broncos and been worth every cent. Uh, they were very good, Newcastle, because the Titans were good. Titans really uh, fit out, fit, good defensively, and they dominated possession of field position for a long time in that game. But, yeah, Newcastle, they're a very good attack side. Uh, once they got it together, uh, they ought to get the win. But, yeah, very good. Jesse S- Southall, good. Um, it's, Maddie, it's great. The NRLW, we say this every single week it's a great product.
1: Great, product. 414,000 people watching that one yesterday. Uh, the post match, I think, was up over 520,000. So, on the biggest stage, delivering uh, civic reception, I believe, in the streets of Newcastle. Awesome, uh, that uh, yeah. is really good. Fantastic. Go back and relive the glory days, mate. Get Maddie, out in the Maddie, top I'm of the bus. Matty, i telling
0: you, the side has, um, you know, both sides had, you've done, you know, really well this year. Of course, the the, the men's side um, salvaged their season, did some great things, but you know, the, the 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 Newcastle, the club and the community have reconnected. Very important.
1: So, what does 2024 then look like? We've we've sort of. Had a few thoughts around this as to who could step up and take on the challenges of 2024 mm. against these two teams from last night because they are clearly going to feature again in coming years. Penrith don't look like slowing down anytime soon. Brisbane, you would think, are only mm. going to get better. So who needs to step up? Who's under the pump? Coaches, teams, clubs in 2024.
0: Oh, look, Matty, look, as I said before, it's really hard to identify someone straight away. Look, South's got the talent. Uh, they've got some issues they've got to sort out. Um, yeah, the Roosters, um, yeah, are we... The Roosters have got to revamp, I think, the way they go about their football. They've got to bring in, I think, a, a few guys into their pack, a little bit more youth in there, a bit more youth and energy. Um, the Waz... I really hope that they can continue to improve. I would love to see them continue to improve and become a challenger to these two sides. But yeah, in Newcastle, of course, you know, with Caelan Ponga, um, there's aspects of Newcastle's game, you know, they've got to get right or got to develop so that every single week we're not playing Caelan ball. You know, get the ball to Caelan. If Caelan plays, great. If he doesn't, we're in trouble. That sort of stuff. They've got to be a better, more balanced side than that. But um, I'm keen to see what. um, to see what Canterbury do. I think Canterbury... I, I, I've got a feeling they'll improve significantly. I think they'll move up on... I reckon around... sit around 9, 10, around that region. Crichton's a great pickup for them. Burton, Burton, Reid, Marnie, th- those guys that they bought to go to that club, they've got to re-establish their standards. And they've got to be leading. We, they've got some very good young players, but you know those top players... They got to they got to get back to their best selves.
1: West Tigers and Dragons um, mm. both enter essentially new eras. Benji full time there at the Tigers, and of course, mm. Shane Flanagan at St George Illawarra. What do you reckon next season looks like for them?
0: Um, I mean, look, it's all for for the Tigers. It's all about it's, it's all about chorus losing. Luke Brooks is a is a big one. Um, Matty, it is. It's so hard. I I'd sort of think, as far as the Dragons are concerned, I think they've been underestimated a little bit. Very interesting to see what happens with Ben Hunt. Flano says he's going nowhere, but I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a little bit more more to come there. Look, Flano will stiffen them up. Flano will will fix certain aspects of their defence. Yeah, I think they're an. I think they're an improver. In my opinion, the Dragons will not sit in the bottom four.
1: You know what? It won't be a quiet off-season. We've got representative games and then we build up mm. towards Vegas and then we are into it again, but we're yeah, still yeah. reflecting on the back of last night. Good on you, mate. Have a good week. We'll do it again next week.
0: Good on you, Matty. Thanks, pal. Cheers,
1: mate. Maddie John's there. We'll go to the news. After that, stick around because we'll hear from the main players from last night. Nathan and Ivan Cleary. We'll hear from Kevin Walters and Adam Reynolds. Tamika Upton, who, of course, was player of the match in the NRLW. So... We'll take you inside the inner circle, so to speak, of the grand final of 2023.